2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here
0: is Adam Burke.
3: Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Wednesday, April 12th edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. A lot of day games here on the hump day card. Got the article out as quickly as I possibly could. Getting the podcast out as quickly as we can here as well. But the big story today around Major League Baseball is the weather. And I will get to that and talk about the impact of weather on your handicapping in a couple of minutes here. Before I do that, I want to tell you about all the great stuff going on over at vsyn.com. We saw some play-in games yesterday in the NBA playoffs. We've got more play-in games coming up here today. Zach Cohen, Jonathan Von Tobel, Kelly Bidlin doing phenomenal work, getting you ready for the NBA playoffs, getting you ready for these NBA play-in games as well. So check out the content over at vSyn.com and also make sure you check out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast with JVT and Kelly. We got our plan for the NFL draft. We'll be pumping out some of that content here throughout the rest of the week and of course into next week. Odds do move quite quickly based on mock drafts other news that comes to the forefront so we'll do the best we can to keep those odds updated with our draft content over at the website but Zach Cohen and I going to be hatching out our plan sharing the responsibilities here and we'll get some of that content up uh, as I said as we go throughout the rest of this week and into next week Michael Lombardi will be doing some draft stuff for us Matt humans as well Uh, well plenty going on For the NFL draft to go along with the NHL playoffs, which Andy McNeil is covering for us over at the website. If you're interested, $9.99 for that introductory offer over at vsyn.com. You do get free page views to check out our premium content, see what it's all about. Check out my daily MLB article Monday through Saturday. But We're pretty confident that once you go over there and see what you have at your disposal, along with, you know, we've got site power ratings. We've got the DraftKings betting splits. We have all kinds of stuff behind the paywall that's going to be really valuable for you. So check that out over at vsyn.com. And lastly, as I've mentioned a few times here throughout the course of the shows, rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast content. If you could throw us a five-star review, we'd certainly appreciate it. I know I would. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, at Skating Tripods, hopefully you gave me a five-star review for that cute dog gif that I posted yesterday uh, with the quote tweet of the podcast. Uh, whether you like the show or not, whether you like me or not, eh, throw us a five-star review. Get some good karma points and, and some brownie points from us as well. All right, so let's talk about Major League Baseball. Let's talk about weather in general, and it is a big factor here for the Wednesday card, but I just want to talk about weather properties overall when handicapping Major League Baseball because Mother Nature has decided to turn the heat up a little bit, much, much warmer in a lot of cold-weather cities, also a lot of wind blowing out for this Wednesday card. But unlike football, where we talk about wind being a really big factor, you know, when it comes to rain, a slippery field, stuff like that, the receivers know where they're going. The running backs know where they're going. They know where the play is called the defenders don't. So that kind of creates a little bit more of a neutral playing field when you talk about precipitation and stuff like that. But the big thing in football is wind and that's been proven. You can look at betting systems. You can look at trends out there, look at unders in windy games, The cold also has a significant impact. It's a big football. It gets slippery if you don't have grip, stuff like that. But wind is really the big thing in football. In baseball, it's all about warm weather. Warm weather is the most important property when you talk about the flight of the baseball. And furthermore, humidity is a really big factor also. Now, we do have warmer weather for sure, and we do have winds blowing out, and that always helps. You know, wind blowing in, can knock down a fly ball wind blowing out going to give it a little bit of extra carry but it's really the warmth that's the most important thing because when you think about cold weather the air is denser right and in a less humid environment there's just more density to the air that provides more resistance on the baseball and keeps it from really carrying but when it's warm all those air particles and molecules and all those kinds of things are moving around a lot quicker. And furthermore, when it's humid, the air is less dense. So when it comes to baseball, when you're looking at weather from a handicapping standpoint, it's all about the temperature and the humidity. And today, a lot of games in the 70s, a lot of games in the 80s, a lot of totals have been getting bet up anyway, as we've gone throughout the course of this season, because we are seeing a definite uptick in offense. We're seeing a few more home runs that we saw last year, more stolen bases, obviously the shift band having an impact, more walks with the pitch clock, as I talked about yesterday. We're seeing all of these things that are conducive to offense. But now we get the one thing that baseball really can't control with the rule changes and with the style of play, and that's the weather. So now that it's warming up, I would expect to see totals moves of a full run probably pretty regularly until the books really start adjusting for and accounting for this. You know, We've had some games that have seen some pretty big upticks in the total for Wednesday's slate here. And anytime we get good weather now going forward, this will probably be the case. And a lot of times people look at the wind and say, oh, you know, it's 15 mile per hour wind blowing out to center or blowing out to right or whatever. Yeah, that helps. That adds a couple more feet of carry. but. It doesn't do the same thing to the baseball that warm weather does. So that'll be the big one here as we go forward. And again, we've kind of seen some of the early season data suggesting that possibly the drag coefficient on the baseball is lower than it's been over the last couple of seasons. That could lead to some more carry for sure, especially on hard hit balls. And, you know, right now, a lot of pitchers trying to ease into the season Their command maybe not as good as it has been in the past. So you're running into a scenario now where guys are giving up a lot of hard-hit contact. Hard-hit balls in warmer weather will carry farther, will create more doubles, more home runs, stuff like that. And again, the big thing is we're seeing warmer weather in cold-weather cities like Cleveland, like Minneapolis, like Chicago. You know, for example, today at Wrigley Field, temperatures in the 80s with the wind blowing out. So you got two really good pitchers there in Marcus Stroman and Logan Gilbert, and you've got a total of 11. So that just kind of illustrates how weather is treated in the betting markets. And that's something that, you know, oddsmakers will have some degree of a handle on. They're going to be aware, you know, looking at the weather forecast and seeing, oh, you know, it's going to be in the 80s. It's a place that's usually in the 50s or 60s. I got to bump this total up a little bit. But a lot of times those things are left to the betters. You know, what the the sports books are going to do, what the odds makers are going to do is put up a number based on their numbers, based on their projections. And it's going to just be, you know, hey, well, I got this game in an eight and a half. We'll see what the market does with it. And we'll adjust as we get betting action. And maybe you take a few big shots on over eight and a half and all of a sudden you're going to nine. You know, on a day where the weather is warm, maybe instead of moving the juice up from minus 110 to minus 115 to minus 120, You just go ahead and jump up a half a run. That's what the books have to do, and that's what people will do with the overnight lines is kind of bet into them based on the weather forecast and the expectation of some offense. So not only does this have a a pretty big impact in terms of totals, but also you've got to think about sides here. You know, If you've got a starting pitcher who's a fly ball guy against a ground ball guy on a hot, humid day, the fly ball guy is probably going to be up against it a little bit more. So that'll be something that you want to think about as we get into May, June, July, August, the really warm months of the baseball season where some guys are more negatively impacted by the weather than others. You know, if you've got something like today, for example, you know, I'll I'll cite this Mariners and Cubs game once again. I really like Logan Gilbert. Uh, I think Marcus Stroman has overperformed a little bit in his first two starts. He's not going to run a 30% strikeout rate all season long. I really like Logan Gilbert. I really like this Mariners team, despite the slow start that they're off to. But today's weather conditions are clearly much more conducive to a ground ball guy than they are to a fly ball guy like Gilbert. And Gilbert does have a high ground ball rate this season. Some of that has to do with facing Cleveland twice because they just don't hit for any power whatsoever. But that's a situation where, you know, it probably kept me off of taking the Mariners in that game just because the weather is much more conducive for a guy like Stroman than it is for a guy like Gilbert. So it's not just totals that you want to think about when it comes to the weather. You want to think about sides as well. You want to think about guys that give up a lot of fly balls, guys that have a high max exit velocity against, a high hard hit rate against, especially if you're a fly ball guy that gives up a lot of hard contact. Those balls that were maybe, you know, harmless flyouts in April in a cold weather city, all of a sudden in the summertime, Those are going to have some different outcomes. So again, it's not just totals that you want to look at from a weather standpoint. It's also sides. It's also starting pitchers. And then lastly here, the last thing I want to mention before I dig into this Wednesday card, you want to look at the profile, the batted ball profile of the teams that are involved in that game. Some teams are just going to hit a lot more fly balls than others. That's just the way that they are. That's just the way that their offensive strategy has come together. You think about a team like the Braves, for example, over the past few years, they've hit a ton of fly balls. They're a team that has decided, you know what, we want to drive the ball in the air, and that's what we're going to do. So for this season, for example, the top teams in fly balls, the Tampa Bay Rays, 47.1%. They're running a 21% home run to fly ball percentage. That is not going to continue as they face better pitching. I can assure you of that you can tell with the Rays that they've decided, you know what, we're going to hit the ball in the air. The Padres, 45% fly ball rate. Is that something that will work at Petco Park throughout the course of the season? We'll have to find out, but when the Padres are on the road in a warm-weather city, that's going to help their offensive profile if they continue to hit this many fly balls. The Pirates, they're third in fly ball percentage, and they've scored a lot more runs early on in the season than I expected them to. So they've made a concerted effort to hit the ball in the air. Baltimore, another one here, a team that's hitting a lot of fly balls, almost a 42% fly ball rate here this season. And we know that Oriole Park at Camden Yards plays different in the summertime than it does in the early part of the season. So if the Orioles are going to keep up this pace with hitting fly balls at a high rate, all of a sudden I have to think about their offense differently when we get into the warm summer months. On the flip side of this equation, the Chicago Cubs are tied with the Braves for last in fly ball percentage. And that astounds me with the Atlanta Braves. Interestingly enough, though, their fly ball percentage is 29.2% for both teams. However, they are second and fifth in batting average on balls in play. So they are taking advantage of the fact that the shift is no longer there. So, I would assume that the Braves hit more fly balls as we go throughout the course of the season here, but so far, they've had good batted ball luck by hitting the ball on the ground, by playing against the shift, so that's a pretty interesting development there, especially for a Braves team that I would not expect to see that from. The other teams in the bottom five in fly ball percentage, the Mets, the White Sox, and the Marlins, Uh, Detroit is the sixth lowest, which not really a big surprise there, but again... You want to look at this batted ball profile for these teams as this weather warms up. So, when it comes to weather, the most important things temperature and humidity. High temps, high humidity will allow the ball to carry a lot more. That will be a really, really conducive hitting environment. And you want to look at the total. You want to look at the starting pitcher. And you want to look at the batted ball profiles of both teams to see are they going to benefit? Are they going to get the maximum output from these better weather conditions by being a team that hits fly balls and preferably hits the ball hard coming up on vston daily baseball bets a look at the wednesday card and my picks for the hump day slate
0: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss
2: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: All right, we're back here on v Daily Baseball Bets. Again, a lot of day games here on Monday, which is another reason why the weather is so conducive to offense, because you've got... Day games in Queens, you got a day game in Colorado where it's in the 80s, day game in Cleveland where it's in the 70s with a bit of a breeze blowing out, a day game in Minnesota as well. All of those games already underway, of course, by the time you're hearing this podcast. But, you know, again, this show is not going to just be about picks. My article is not just about picks, which, again, Monday through Saturday over at vs.com. I'm trying to help arm you with the information to be able to isolate these things for yourself, to find them for yourself, to be able to play them on overnight lines or make your own picks in the morning. Maybe just use my article as a guide, stuff like that. But again, the weather, really a big factor here with this Wednesday card and probably a big factor as well as to why I only wound up with one pick for today's games. And I'll get to that in a second. But a few things I want to talk about real quickly here. Uh, How about this total in Colorado? Jack Flaherty and Jose Urania, Cardinals and Rockies, a 13 on the board for this one, 13 and a half actually at DraftKings with some juice to the under. Um, We've seen 13s at Coors Field. We haven't seen like a ton of them. Like I wrote in the article, this is the 64th game since 2016, the 64th home game since 2016 with a total of 13 or higher at Coors Field. So not exactly the norm, but might be the norm this season with what we're seeing in terms of offense and if the ball does carry more, uh, you know that is the thin air. A lot of you know minimal resistance on the baseball pitches just get hung in the middle of the plate, stuff like that. So seeing a thirteen with over juice uh, in that Cardinals and Rockies game, rather interesting, and a game that again probably went off before you're hearing the podcast. But I just wanted to mention that uh, because that may be what we just have to contend with here in terms of totals at Coors Field. Uh, Dre Jamison. Into the rotation for the Arizona Diamondbacks, he takes the spot for Zach Davies in their matchup against Jansen Junk and the Milwaukee Brewers. Junk in the rotation because Brandon Woodruff is on the injured list with shoulder inflammation. Potentially big loss for the Brewers. Hopefully it's not a long-term thing, but that could be a pretty uh, pretty difficult pill for them to swallow. Corbin Burns looked better yesterday uh, and did beat the Diamondbacks in that game. But you know, for Woodruff, uh, that's definitely one that you want to keep a close eye on because that's a guy that I think Milwaukee can ill afford to lose for any long period of time as uh, he's just you know one of the top and and most consistent starters in Major League Baseball uh the Reds and the Braves let's talk about this game for a minute here Spencer Strider a massive favorite anywhere from minus 260 to minus 275. what's interesting about this game is that it's one of the few totals that's been bet down today on the board from eight to seven and a half and Any eights that are still out there, still juiced pretty heavily to the under. This is something that we'll see as we go throughout the season here, that Reds fade on the road of their offense. Today it comes in the form of the total against Spencer Strider, but that's something that you want to pay attention to. The Reds are absolutely viewed and priced differently based on whether or not the game is at home or on the road. I talked about that on Monday when we played the first five under uh, with Graham Ashcraft and Bryce Elder. No runs were scored in the first five, so that was a nice, easy winner. But that's something you want to think about with the Reds. Much like the Rockies, they will be viewed a whole lot differently on the road than they are at home, and that's what we're seeing here a little bit in this game with this total dropping down to 7.5. Also, Hunter Green can rack up strikeouts, and the Braves do swing and miss a lot. So that's part of it too, but just something I wanted to bring your attention to real quickly. Another game on the board here, Dodgers and the Giants. Clayton Kershaw, $1.50, $1.55 favorite. Uh, We've seen some Giants investment in this one, though, with Alex Cobb on the mound. Uh, The one thing that concerns me here, the Giants have been very bad against lefties in the early part of the season. Not a large sample size, but still something you want to keep in mind. A lot of their better hitters are left-handed guys, uh, and and they've done very well against right-handed pitching. Not so well against left-handed pitching. So interesting to see that line coming down a little bit, though, but that speaks to the level of belief in Alex Cobb, a guy who's had two really good, albeit kind of injury-shortened seasons in 2021 and 2022. Uh, Great splitter, keeps the ball on the ground. He's added some more swing and miss. The market seems to like him in this game, and I think like him going forward a little bit as well. We move to the AL here for a couple of games I want to talk about. Boston and Tampa Bay. So uh, my intuition, my gut instinct was wrong on the Red Sox yesterday as they did fail to beat Shane McClanahan. Interesting one today with Chris Sale and Taj Bradley. Bradley making his major league debut for the Rays in this one. He's kind of a two-pitch pitcher right now. Really a lot of fastball slider. Really efficient. Commands the fastball extremely well. That's kind of the scouting report for him. Number 37 prospect in the top 101 for fan graphs coming into the season, and number two in the Rays organization, who obviously just churns out pitching like crazy. Uh, but Bradley with an interesting assignment here against the Red Sox. We'll see what he's able to do in this one. But what I'm really looking at here is Chris Sale. So the numbers for Chris Sale in his start against the Tigers, his final stat line looked pretty good, but the raw stuff was not good at all. Big spin rate decrease, velocity went down in the middle of that start. Uh, he was still getting swings and misses against a very bad Tigers offense, but I was not at all impressed with what I saw out of Chris Sale in that start. And, of course, he got blown up by Baltimore in his first outing. So for Chris Sale, I I, I don't see it. I got very close to taking Tampa Bay here again in this game. Um, at some point, they have to lose, and and maybe that's the wrong way to look at it because I should just be looking at every game in a vacuum. Maybe Bradley struggles as a two-pitch pitcher, but for Sale, it's, it's very hard to bet on him. And, and seeing the market do so today, really, really shocking, to, to be completely honest with you. That's one that you know I, I, I had a really hard time understanding uh, with where that line move is coming from. But you know, look, it's still early in the season, and I think to some degree you have to respect the line moves that are out there because they are coming from the modeling crowd. They're coming from people that you're obviously deep diving into baseball maybe not using the same metrics and analytics that I am, but still people out there that have influence over the market. So I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see Taj Bradley pitch really well and see Chris Sale struggle, but the market did come in a little bit uh, on Boston in that one. So, you know, again, it's also one of those situations where we're coming into a, a time of the year where we're starting to see a few pitching changes. You know, different guys announced, guys getting put on the injured list, stuff like that. So maybe the opening number was with somebody else for Tampa Bay. And and I just missed it yesterday afternoon while, you know, being on air and and doing some other things. But either way, uh, Chris Sale, if he doesn't pitch well here again today and, and the spin rates and the velocity just aren't there in a controlled environment in Tampa Bay inside in the dome, I will be looking to fade him. I will be looking to sell his stock as much as I possibly can. The other interesting line move here today, and, and you know, it's been a relatively small one, but it's at least been noticeable. Some money on Kansas City here today against Texas. And at first, this kind of caught me off guard and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And then it hit me. Corey Seager left hurt yesterday for the Rangers. And it looked like maybe a fairly severe hamstring injury. They called it hamstring tightness after the game, but he pulled up lame. Uh, going from first to second on a double, pretty easy double at that. I think he was thinking three on the play, but he had to pull up at second, kind of felt something in that hamstring on the way to second base. So this has nothing to do with love for the Royals, who have been established as a bet against team. This has nothing to do with going against Nate Uvalde or the Rangers. This is just a preemptive move, looking to try and grab a little bit of line value, assuming that Corey Seager, one of the Rangers' best players and best hitters, will be out of the lineup here. So not all overnight moves are based on you know influential action or based on positions that people are taking. Sometimes it's just speculation about a guy that's going to be out, and in this case, looks like Corey Seager could be out for this game and possibly a few more. All right, so one play for me here today on Wednesday. Again, it's tough, 15 games. I know people want a little bit more action than that, but I've got to be responsible with my bankroll. People are looking to me to be responsible with theirs. If I don't like a lot of things, I just don't like a lot of things. So I've got one play for today, and it's the first five run line. First five run line minus half a run, which means the Orioles have to be leading after five innings by at least one run against the Oakland A's. So a full game run line is minus one and a half, have to win by two or more. A first five run line is minus a half a run. So, you know, you don't get that push if it's a tie game. They have to be ahead by one or more uh, after five innings. But I do think that the Orioles will be in that position for today's game. So the Orioles draw Ken Waldachuk They get another left-handed pitcher. It's going to be their fourth in a row that they've seen. And this is an Orioles team that is just battering left-handed pitching so far this season. They are second in the big leagues in weighted on base average, a stat I talked about on Monday's show, and weighted runs created plus. Maybe a stat I'll talk about on next Monday's show. But they're the second-best offense in baseball in those two metrics trailing only the Los Angeles angels and Waldachuk here has been awful, 14 runs on 17 hits and eight and two thirds. He's given up seven home runs in 47 plate appearances and he's pitched in two pitchers parks too. He pitched against the angels at home and then he pitched against Tampa Bay on the road, Oakland Coliseum and Tropicana field are two really good pitchers parks and he's not pitched well in either one of those. Now he draws this Orioles lineup on a warmer day in Baltimore that's really swinging it well against lefties. Ryan Mountcastle, Austin Hayes, Adley Rutschman. A lot of these guys for Baltimore off to a good start here. And for Dean Kramer, who gets the start for the Orioles, his first two starts, the Red Sox and the Yankees. You know, it's just a tough division to pitch in. It's, it's not easy. You know, we talked about Nick Pavetta and a guy that got shelled by the Rays, Red, uh, the Rays, Yankees, and Blue Jays last year. It's just a tough division to pitch in. And for Dean Kramer, now he gets to face an Oakland lineup that despite some outbursts that they've had, still not very good. And Kramer at home last year, 273 Woba against 284 ERA. Opposing batters hit just 239 with a 317 slugging. He pitched really well at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. I expect that again here and I expect the Orioles to give him some run support against a below-average lefty in Ken Waldachuk. So Orioles, first five run line, minus half a run, minus 125. The only play here for Wednesday. A little bit of a smaller card on Thursday. We had a couple of day games. I believe there's only seven games on Thursday, Uh, so a little bit shorter of a card here. A couple of day games. We'll try to get everything out to you early once again. But if you get the chance, throw us a five-star review. Rate, review, subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast also helps us. Hopefully you've enjoyed the content so far and I've got plenty more to bring you as the Major League Baseball season goes along. So I'll do it for this Wednesday edition of the show. Thank you so much for listening to v Daily Baseball Bets. And I'm your host, Adam Burke. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm gonna talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
0: He has the smarts.